Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the official Maze and Brew Hoops podcast. I am Chris Castellani. Not joined today by my friend and boss, Anthony Broom. Anthony is uh, taking a little bit of a break, a much-deserved, much-needed break. Unfortunately for him, uh, the entire world of uh, Michigan sports, Detroit sports, uh, was thrown for a loop yesterday with uh, what was reported with uh, Matt Stafford News and, of course, what uh, went down with Michigan hoops, which, of course, we'll discuss today. But I am joined by Daniel Dash, who does a great job covering hoops for amazingbrew.com. Daniel, how you doing, man? I am doing well. Happy to fill in for the exiled Anthony. Well, yes, yeah, sir. The, the relaxing Anthony Broom. No, I I appreciate you doing this, and this will be in the second half, um, a bit of a somber show because there was some really unfortunate news regarding the cancellations mm-hmm. of uh, or the the stoppage really of all University of Michigan athletics for two weeks for two weeks, and we will discuss that in detail. But I feel like within the last over these last twelve months, there has been so much negativity and awfulness and cancellations and uh, it is important to focus in on uh, the good things that are going on and that's that this basketball team played two more really impressive well-earned just dominant victories over the last week we'll start with the first one a 24 point drubbing against the Maryland Terrapins a win that uh, has now aged better Maryland on Saturday went to the barn and handed Minnesota their first home loss of the season Franz Wagner drove uh, and hit a layup about a minute into the game to make it two nothing and this game was basically over it was 14 to three at the under 16 time out a Maryland not a bad team but to me it seemed like they they watched the footage the film of the Minnesota game and tried desperately 
to replicate that. And that was every time Hunter Dickinson touches the ball, uh, you you collapse on him. Double teams, not just double teams of Dickinson, but double teams of Austin Davis, double teams of Brandon Johns. Every time Michigan gets the ball down low, you collapse. The problem is, and it's what makes this Michigan team so dangerous, they have a lot of good shooters. Uh, Mike Smith played the only game he's ever played in college in which he didn't score against uh, Minnesota. Did not repeat that. Had a wonderful game against Maryland. Got hot early. I mean, just an efficient effort. But, you know, would you agree that it, it kind of seemed like Maryland was trying desperately to replicate the success that Minnesota had? And unlike the Minnesota game where Michigan uh, was really stifled offensively, just seemed like the ball movement in general was uh, was a lot better. Turnovers way down. Oh, absolutely. I, th- I think you nailed it. Um, we talked to Phil Martelli the day before the Maryland game, and he was pretty concerned. He thought that the Minnesota loss really left what he called a roadmap for how teams can beat Michigan, doubling Dickinson and trying to take away the shooters. Look, it worked. I mean, Michigan put up 57 points at the barn. It's by far their season low. I think that Martelli's concerns about the roadmap were really alleviated from the start. You saw that when Dickinson got the ball in the post, Maryland, they just don't have the size to do what Minnesota did. Right. Minnesota had a, a seven-footer on Hunter Dickinson's back and Liam Robbins. Robinson's played a, a fantastic game against Michigan at the barn after being pretty quiet 10 days before that. Uh, but Maryland bringing double teams of Galen Smith and Dante Scott, two guys who are 6'9 and 6'8, that's not going to get it done. Dickinson at 7'2 can pass over those guys. You saw that from the start. Uh, the first time they doubled him in the post, he found Mike Smith mm-hmm. for a three at the top of the key. Smith hit three quick threes. Livers had two quick threes. And, I mean, this game was over after two or three minutes. I mean, Michigan covered the spread by the first media timeout. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I know. I it 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 felt like... There was an uphill battle that Maryland was climbing the entire game, and and they weren't going to be able to to you know overcome that early deficit. And you know one thing that Michigan did, and and I do think that, and you brought up what Martelli talked about, but when I watched that Minnesota game, you know they came out lackadaisical, and you know you're missing Brooks, I get it, and but they didn't shoot the ball well, they didn't distribute the ball, they they were way too sloppy. Uh, I think this. What a lot of people believed, or you know, especially I think what Mark Turgeon believed after that Minnesota game is that if you shut down Dickinson, you can shut down Michigan. And the Maryland game uh, just proved that that's not the case. Again, what makes this team dangerous is that you can you can clamp down on the team's leading scorer, and when you double team the seven footer in the post, it creates open shots. Michigan shot fifty percent from three-point range, I mean, and on most of those good looks. It wasn't like, you know, that Minnesota game where Minnesota, and credit to them, they played a great game, was throwing in, throwing in some ridiculous shots. A lot of open looks, and that's what happens when you double-team guys down low. You, you move the ball well, you don't turn it over, it leads to open looks. The one guy I do want to hone in on, I feel like I bring up this guy a lot on the pod, but I really think he's he, he has the potential to be one of the more vital pieces of this team because it it, it he is a perfect example of this team's depth where you have seven or eight guys capable of creating a bucket but Brandon Johns played some of the best basketball uh, of his career off the bench against Maryland a four for six night and him and Austin Davis combined for 20 points now when Dick Dickinson had three his weakest game as a, a collegiate athlete so far when your two other fives off the bench are combining for 20 points Austin Davis played a great game four for five from the floor and then of course when you want to go smaller lineup you go to Johns at the five he had 11 points hit a three off the bench was four for six 
shooting the ball. I mean, just for a second, if you want, just talk about how much this team's depth creates fits for teams because it seems like when you plug one hole another one opens up because they just have so many different guys that can score absolutely and if i mean if you're juan howard and you can get 31 bench points in a big 10 game right you're in a great spot mm-hmm. uh, but johns and davis especially i mean what they can bring in relief of dickinson it, it's just it's non-stop production from the center position and in college basketball Really, point guard and center are the most important positions. And so far, Dickinson's been a rock star. But when he's been shut down, he's had guys behind him there to shoulder the burden. Uh, And then at at point guard, Mike Smith is just, he's become the textbook example of what it takes to be a successful up transfer. Coming from the bottom of the Ivy League and going to the top of the Big Ten and proving that he can still pilot a a top offense. But I think that with Michigan, it's getting pretty synonymous between the balance and the depth. And they're two very different things. The balance is where they can get the production from i mean really if you i think you said it best if you plug one hole it just opens up another i mean there will be games where shondy brown rains threes and there will be games where he takes two or three shots Mm -hmm. there will be games where dickinson approaches the 30 point mark and there will be games where he scores three and they beat maryland by 24. Uh, it's just what they can do and where they can do it from i think is the most impressive part of this team and then the depth different from the balance is just what they bring off the bench i mean they have probably two or three guys coming off the bench that would be uh, i guess focal points of other big 10 teams i mean you could build an offense around this version of austin davis i mean yeah if you told me that would be the case in 2017 i would have laughed you out of the room right but this is where we are and brandon johns for probably the second or third time in his michigan career is looking like he's approaching a, a corner whether he can turn that corner remains to be seen over the next couple of weeks well actually well, well yeah, or, later, uh, but nothing co- will be the next seen. Next couple weeks after the next couple weeks, unfortunately. Right. I, I, so we'll, we'll leave that. Yeah, yeah. The next couple games. Right. No, I get what you're saying. Absolutely. And it, and it it was it was an efficient game. No hangover from the first loss of the season. Michigan turned a page and dominated Maryland, and that leads us into the second game that went down on Friday. And through all this, I it shows how quickly news is is traveling here. I completely forgot that Stevanovic for Purdue had tested positive for COVID about an hour and a half before tip-off. And there were, there were I don't know if there were ever discussions, but there were people, myself really included, thinking I'm surprised this game's being played. I do, not to go all conspiracy theory, but I do kind of think that it happened so close to tip-off that um, the Big Ten and the people in charge, you know, television crews, were would not have been too happy with a game being canceled an hour before tip-off. But they played the game. You know, in the wake of this controversy, and played pretty darn well. Not their most mm-hmm. efficient night offensively, though they did score 70 points. They had to fight for a lot of buckets. Purdue has a lot of size. They usually always do. It seemed like early on you had Wagner and you had Dickinson down low. You had several guys who were really trying to create baskets and drive and slash, and it wasn't working because Purdue has a ton of size. Now Michigan was able right. to figure it out because they played – maybe their best defensive game of the year. They hold Purdue to 53 points. Obviously, not having Stefanovic is a killer. And I mean, even more so than than people will, will let on because you now the, the top three-point three field goal uh, shooter uh, in the Big Ten and Stefanovic didn't play. But what that means is Purdue at that point is a non-threat from the perimeter, meaning that in this game, every time 
they got the ball inside the three-point line, Michigan's defense just collapsed. And and yep. it, it led to a lot of difficult shots, a lot of forced shots. There were no real easy buckets. Would I mean, I would say probably this was the team's best defensive game of the year. Because offensively, they did, they did wobble a little bit early on. And I thought that the uh, defensive play, pretty much by everyone who saw the floor, was elite. Right, and to build on that, I would say that this was their most elite rim protection performance of the season. They held Travion Williams, who went off for more than 30 points in Ann Arbor last season in a a overtime loss for Purdue. They held him to 6 of 19 shooting. It was his first game shooting below 50% from the field since Christmas. That snapped a six-game streak. I mean, what they did on Travion Williams, really, without even double-teaming him, too, it was just verticality fundamental feet shuffling and to see the the kind of rotating cast that took care of him because Dickinson picked up two quick fouls and then Davis came off the bench and did the same exact thing so they were left throwing Terrence Williams Franz Wagner Isaiah Livers and Brandon Johns all at Trevion Williams who's six foot ten 265 pounds and is known for bullying guys in the big 10 on the block and Zach Eady a seven foot four freshman and those guys came in and they really accepted the challenge and answered the call they did a great job and Without their interior play, Purdue had to turn to Jaden Ivey, hoisting up threes. He finished 0 for 5 and 3 of 14 from the field. And they really kept Eric Hunter in check, too, a guy who's burned quite a few Big Ten teams this year. He shot 4 for 12. So I would say with inside the arc, this was by far their best performance of the year defensively. Yeah, completely. And in this game, it was... It was a grind at points, and 17 points, obviously, you know, it looks like a blowout, and they were up 13 at halftime, so I'm not going to act like I was ever nervous, but they they hung around enough to kind of make it interesting, and Michigan never let them have that run, and the biggest reason for that is because Purdue uh, was shut down so much offensively that it never felt like they were capable of going off for an 8-2 or a 10-0 kind of run their their defense was just or I'm sorry their offense uh, was completely shut down all night but one, one thing I did want to mention and you know there was at the during the offseason it seems like forever ago now but it really wasn't there was so much disappointment amongst the fan base about uh, Josh Christopher Isaiah Todd not coming to Michigan and I you know hindsight's 2020 and with the way this team is rolling obviously everything feels like it fell into place but I feel like this was a game where having potentially four or five freshmen maybe on the court at a time or you know having five of your top seven players be freshmen may have hurt them because to me this game was one you look at who played really well Franz Wagner played a poor game now he's too good defensively to to take off the floor he's one of the best defensive players on the court but two for ten arguably his worst shooting game of the season I'd have to double check he had some poor ones early on but your seniors the guys the program guys who have been there for several years Austin Davis off the bench, 3-for-6 from the floor, 6 points in only 7 minutes. Very efficient game for the backup center. But this game was won to me by the by the program guys, by the seniors. Isaiah Livers, his third career mm-hmm. double-double, his first against a team not named Nebraska. I brought up Austin Davis. Eli Brooks played an absolutely sensational game. And 11 points, 5 rebounds, that doesn't even do it justice. He had some of the most important sequences in that game. And I think we both agree, given how poor the offense looked, against Minnesota, even with Eli Brooks on the floor. They may not have won that game, but what he's he is the X factor. And while I think I think him and Livers are really the heart and soul of this team. Program guy. I mean takes a beating. I mean does not not afraid to go down low and, and, and box out some of these big guys. I think that he was 
one of the better players on the floor, and it's where having that kind of mix of youth and experience, I think, that helped this team pull away. Because this, given some of the poor calls, given you know some of the struggles offensively early on, this could have been a game that with a less experienced team on the floor could have been a real grind, but you have those program guys, you have those seniors, who I think kind of provided that steady guiding hand, and it allowed Michigan to really pull away, even in the first half, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that definitely starts with Livers. Mm-hmm. Livers back-to-back 20-point games. I mean, he's really, really come on when Michigan needed him after that loss. And quite frankly, that's what a senior captain with NBA aspirations does. He's kind of grabbed the bull by the horns over the last two games and shown who he is. Uh, I think that he really has the potential to be the alpha of this team. Mm-hmm. Not that I think one guy's going to step up and become the face of the offense because that's just not the composition of this team. But I think that Isaiah Livers is going to pretty quickly emerge as the most reliable scorer on the court. I mean, in his last two games, he's shot four or five from three and three of five from three. He's up at 70% since that loss. So it's as automatic as it gets. And then, I mean, if you want to talk about a, a one-for-one swap that makes a giant difference, if Christopher commits to Michigan, he's probably on this court and on this team instead of Shondi Brown. I think Shondi Brown's experience as a three-year starter in yeah. the ACC, 60-something starts against the Dukes, the Syracuses, the UNCs. That's made all the difference for this Michigan team. And to bring that kind of experience off the bench and that veteran presence along with Austin Davis, who's in his fifth year with the program, and Brandon Jones Jr., who, though he hasn't played big minutes, he's really a veteran. He's a junior, yeah. and he's starting to show it. And the three of those off the bench having that kind of not that it's a, a bench unit, but that kind of core. I mean, they don't really miss much of a beat in terms of fundamentally sound basketball when they come on the court. They're guys who know what they're doing. They're not freshmen who go out there and make mistakes, uh, as well as Terrence Williams has played this year. I think the shot selection still needs some work. Yeah. Uh, I think that defensively, he still looks to step slow. So to have those veteran guys that can come in over him, over Zeb Jackson, it's made a world's worth of difference. Yeah, I, and it's... I think Dickinson's still the leading scorer on this team. And Wagner, I still think, probably has the highest ceiling of anybody. But I I still think come tournament time, once we get into the, you know, if, if we have one, obviously, it needs to be thrown out there. But uh, if we have that kind of late season push, the the guy who's going to be the, the, the go-to bucket, I feel like, for this basketball team is going to be Isaiah Livers. He is the best shooter on the team. He's the most experienced guy on the team. Did finally miss a free throw. Uh, in in garbage time against Purdue late in that game, and that is another area as well. But but this will be the last point I'll make before we talk about the the big news that broke uh, the other night. But that is one area that I think this team uh, has quietly just taken a massive leap. Last year, uh, you they're outside of Livers free throw shooting was subpar. In fact, they yeah. lost one or two games because they clanked some free throws down the stretch. Illinois at home being the prime example. I think they missed yeah. three consecutive free throws. Uh, and it allowed for uh, Desumu to hit that shot to put them in front uh, at the end of that game. You know, they, they clanked some free throws in some early preseason games as well, and really throughout the whole Big Ten. Uh, you know, in part, you know, a big reason for that, and this was a guy I loved, but your leading scorer last season was Xavier Simpson, who, while got better, was remarkably inconsistent from the line. There has not been a single game this year in which they have allowed a team to get back into a game because Michigan's clanked free throws. They've been so remarkably consistent from the foul line, and that is, you see it all the time. It, once come March, you, teams with a big lead late in the game, you foul, 
miss a few free throws, the other team hits a few threes, they're back in it. I don't see that happening with this team the way that we saw it happen uh, with the team a year ago. Just another big improvement for this basketball team. You know, it's 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 a sign that things are, are in really good shape because this team won a game by 17 on the road, and I feel like it was probably offensively at least one of the weaker games they played all season. That's how efficient and how good Juwan Howard's crew has been so far this season. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. Anthony from Maze and Brew here to introduce you to our friends and sponsors of the podcast, HomeFieldApparel.com. Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand located right in the heart of Big Ten country in Indianapolis and makers of some of the most comfortable items of clothing you will ever own. Homefield launched its Michigan collection in early November with several awesome vintage designs that capture a lot of the things we love about the Wolverines. Everything they do and design for all schools comes from a place of love that honors the history of some of our favorite institutions across the country. So if you're looking for a gift for that Tulane grad of yours, or simply want to add some North Dakota State gear to your collection, in addition to the Michigan stuff you buy, they are the place to do it. Our listeners, our readers, the Maize and Brew family can get 20% off your first purchase using the promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com. That's promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com for 20% off your first purchase. I promise you, their gear will become an instant favorite in your collection. That takes us to the other big news that broke on Saturday night. Probably, I mean, the biggest news day in Michigan in a long time. And that's that the official word is that Michigan's, all of the University of Michigan's athletic department or athletic programs uh, were told to shut down for two weeks. This is, of course, COVID-19 related and and after I finish this here Daniel I'll let you kind of fill in the blanks in case I I miss anything but basically there's this new strand of COVID-19 coming over from the UK a member of 
uh, one of Michigan's athletic teams, the rumor, or I guess this is probably official, it was not from um, men's basketball, women's basketball, or hockey. So we don't know where it That's was from. Correct. But um, someone tested positive for it, and this was a state of Michigan decision, I believe. They were told to shut down. I Did I get that pretty much right on? Is there anything I'm leaving out? Yeah. Um Documents obtained by the Michigan Daily show that it was a state recommendation. The university chose to comply, but there are currently five confirmed positive tests of the new strain of COVID-19, which originated in the UK, and 15 presumptive positives. Uh, The statistics on the new strain are unbelievable. It spreads significantly faster. Um, Masks and being indoors is not exactly a solution. Wow. Um, And at this point, it's... uh, Clearly, what they at least thought is that it's smarter to shut it down than to try to plan around it. So, I, it's if, uh, yeah. Look, I everyone's disappointed, and this, I mean, this really sucks. This, it, it, it doesn't hurt as much as the canceling of last year's tournament, but I mean, it's disappointing because you have so many programs at this school right now that are playing so well. I mean, going to heights that that we we don't see them reach. Basketball teams having an amazing year, and that's. This is obviously the hoops pod, so that's what we'll hone in on here. Um, it's going to be two weeks off, I guess, at best case scenario. And I don't see this happening. I don't. In fact, I put it at like a 90% chance it doesn't. Best case scenario, their first game back is Michigan State uh, a week from uh, or two weeks from uh, last Saturday. I don't see that happening. I think it's going to be a four game, uh, you know, four games wiped off the board. We're at a point now with the amount of COVID outbreaks that this thing is going to end up being like what baseball was, where not every team is going to play the full slate of games, and the champion, the winner of the Big Ten, the winner of uh, several of these conferences, but mainly the Big Ten, will be decided solely based on win percentage. I guess just in terms of what this means for this team, um, you know, this is a very strong team. It's a very together team. But just talk a little bit about how much of a, of a hindrance do you think this may have on on momentum? Because really, I was after the Purdue game, and really throughout this whole season, there's not a team in the Big Ten that I feel like is playing as confident as Michigan. And right now, uh, Michigan is basically being forced to start their season over. And a lot of that momentum is thrown out the window. You know, whoever they play in their first game or two back, they're going to be very rusty. They won't have played for they won't have played for two weeks. So I mean, is there? Is there any positives that can come out of this right now, or is it all kind of just disappointment? Right. I think the timing is definitely the toughest pill to swallow right. for Michigan. And to draw a pretty important line, this isn't two weeks of playing no basketball games. This is a two-week immediate quarantine for all Michigan athletics. They're not practicing. They aren't going to touch a basketball for 14 days. The, I guess the most practice they'll get is dribbling a ball around their house and so. and, and zoom and zoom conferences i, I mean that right that's so, a really good um, point man i mean that's it makes this devastating and it makes unfortunately and we'll see what happens but it makes kind of potential expectations that we may have uh, may may need to change because it's i don't care if you're the 96 bulls if you're going two weeks without practicing at all um in any sort of capacity uh, you're not going to come back and be the same team right away. You're not. I guess. It, and this is. I, I alluded to this, but I'll, I'll hammer this point home just because I want to get something good out of uh, out of this. Is there any positives about this? Is there anything good that could potentially come out of a a, a two week two week delay here, two week cancellation? 
look, uh, I'm telling you, it's going to test their investment. It's going to test how connected they are as a team. Yeah. It's going to improve the bond that they have together. I mean, this is going to be unbelievably difficult to work through. And quite frankly, if you look at the schedule and you look at the four games that they're going to miss, Penn State, a team that they already beat pretty handily, though the game got closed down the stretch. They led by double digits for a lot of that game. Against Indiana at home, a team that's been as up and down as any Big Ten team this year. They're, kind of, they're actually coming off a win against Iowa, but they've dropped some pretty they're, bad they're games. Not, they're not uh, very good. A team again, they're not very good at all. I, Dickinson would shut down Trace Jackson Davis in Indiana, would have nothing left after that. Right. They would have gone to Northwestern, a team that they already ran out of Ann Arbor, and played against Michigan State, a, a team that's, I mean... <laughs> As disappointing as any in the country this year, and, and, and a team Kentucky, that also hasn't maybe. played, a team that also hasn't played in two weeks. So I, it's right. Yeah, it's if I'm trying, and this is unlike me, but I just this season's been going so well that I'm trying to find any sort of good. I guess this is not a team that has had many injury issues. Knock on wood. Uh, the one that they've had mm-hmm. has been Austin Davis, who was limping around a little bit in that Wisconsin game, his first game back, but seems to be back to full health. I guess the one advantage, because the guy's one little, you know, not-so-well-kept secret about throughout all of sports is that guy's play injured throughout the entire season. It's not like, you know, and if there's one advantage that can come out of this, they're going to be fresh. I mean, they'll be rusty, but they will be fresh coming out of this and that's not worth the trade-off the rust for the, no no the it freshness. is not. No. and I, I again I'm, I'm i'm grasping here daniel i'm really right. trying just, yeah. just to find something no it's it's incredibly disappointing um you know as as fans and as people who cover it we you know it it's it's difficult for our site it's it's really too bad i've i i've had a blast talking about this team i think that this has been a remarkably fun team to cover they have a likable coach they have likable personalities and likable players uh, so in that aspect, it's just it's a disappointment that you're not going to watch them for two weeks. There's that added layer of disappointment because, and I've I've been hesitant to take this leap because I've been burned by so many different sports teams so many times. This feels this year with this team, it's just hitting a little bit different. This mm-hmm. feels like a team that at their best uh, can be better than almost anybody else, and you yeah. have this now. Two-week cancellation. The last, I guess, the last positive that could come out of this is that if this team ends up, again, praying here, hopefully this happens, if this team ends up going on a big run, if this team ends up making it to the Final Four, if they make it to the Natty, if they win the Natty, it will make all this difficulty that much sweeter once they get to the finish line. But, um, yeah, it's it's tough. The, the last point I'll make, and I'm rambling here, but the last, the last point I'll say is it's not like the guys on this team did anything wrong. None of them went out and partied. Mm-hmm. They they wore their masks. They have been remarkably uh, uh, cordial, and they have been very straight-laced, and they followed the rules throughout this whole process. And again, for the second year in a row, uh, for an extended period of time, the sport they play gets shut down for reasons that are completely out of their control. It's it's devastating. And you saw the tweets about it last night from Dickinson and Livers and, and, and Juwan Howard's wife. I mean, it's it's a very difficult thing to navigate through. And uh, well, hopefully they can come back and, and return to being the team that has really steamrolled the Big Ten. And no, the, the one thing that is true about this, when they come back, they will still be atop the Big Ten. That They will continue to stay on top of the standings. Uh, they only have one loss, and that's... They have set themselves up nicely to hopefully 
come out of this and be just as good, if not better. Do you have anything else to add about this man or just about the team in general? Yeah, um, you said that they set themselves up to come out and play well. They're going to have to. Because yeah. if you look at their schedule right after this pause, now that the Michigan State game is officially listed as postponed on the website. It is it official? Their okay, first yeah, game back. I heard some It's an official about that, postponement. Yeah. Um, their first games are Illinois and Wisconsin. So that, I mean, if they drop to three losses really quickly, which we've seen. I mean, you talked about the Villanova pause. Um, their first game back, Seton Hall took them to the wire. Yeah. Their second game back, they were trailing Providence at halftime. Yep. I mean, you see what the pauses do to these top-tier teams, and you, you got to wonder what Michigan's going to do to try to prevent that from happening. I'll tell you one thing. They're going to be watching a lot of film in the yeah. next two weeks. It's kind of all you can do at this point, sadly. So, yeah, there's there's still a lot of good within the program, but a very uh, very dark cloud kind of hanging over uh, this whole thing as, as Michigan basketball and all. Uh, Michigan sports uh, currently uh, canceled for two weeks following this new uh, strand uh, strain of uh, COVID-19 that has uh, entered the United States and entered Michigan. So that will do it for today's show. Daniel, where can we find you on uh, social media, man? Uh, I am on Twitter at Daniel Dash underscore, and you can read everything I write about Michigan basketball at mazenbrew.com. And I recommend people do that. Daniel does a an excellent job uh, for Mason Brew, as does uh, the, the entire staff here. But most of the stuff that you want to know, you can find on Maze and Brew with the podcast that we're uploading, my other show, Locked on Tigers, for the Locked on Podcast Network, at Locked on Tigers on Twitter. You can follow me on all those platforms. And also, we have the Maze and Brew Discord. And I've been doing some, we've been doing some fun things on there, kind of live uh, conversations during the games. I've enjoyed doing that, of course, now with the two week layoff. There's not a whole lot to talk about, but I'm on there every night. If anyone has any questions, I'll be happy to answer some. So uh, I would recommend joining that. We've kind of got a good little rapport going with some some of the fans. I appreciate all your listenership. Uh, also, rate us, review us on iTunes, give us that positive uh, five-star review that uh, we're hoping for. Uh, I appreciate everyone who's listening and, and providing feedback. We're going to continue to fight through this, fight through this difficulty, and try to provide you with the best content. We'll be back here on Tuesday with the Brewcast. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day.